0: Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. We are continuing this series on one another's. And uh, I'm gonna invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter four. We're gonna read there verses uh, eight through 10. 1 Peter chapter four, verses eight through 10. Today we're talking about showing hospitality to one another and we're gonna unpack what that means. So uh, I'm gonna read along uh, out loud, excuse me, you can follow along, it'll be up here on the screen. 1 Peter 4, eight says this, above all, Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And today we're going to focus our attention on that middle verse, verse 9 show hospitality to one another. That's basically what the idea is. How do we show hospitality to one another? So the apostle Peter <clears throat> who traveled with Jesus for three years in his earthly ministry was with Jesus all the time. He kind of frames this uh, as a picture. He, he, he gives us one side and a backside to it a, as well. So he frames it. Uh, the picture has love at the beginning and our gifts at the end. Verse eight is about love. Verse 10 is about our gifts. And so we're gonna look at that picture frame. It's almost like he's saying, I want you to hold up this picture of hospitality. I want you to put this picture out there so everybody can see what it's like to follow Jesus as you are hospitable. And I wanna remind us that all of the one another series that we're talking about, all of these messages that Pastor David and I and others have, have talked on, they're all a further explanation Uh, or commentary on the Jesus command to love one another. Uh, That's what Jesus command to us was, and and all of these are just a further explanation. They're not different from the love one another, they're just an expansion, an application, if you will, of that. And the big idea is this, that Jesus would want us to know that our vertical relationship with God, like if you wanna measure how am I doing with God, it's really indicated by how we're treating other people. It's our horizontal interactions. It's our people to people interactions that tell us how we're doing with God. And that's what Jesus was saying to us. And all of these, all of these one another's are applications to that. And the idea is that, that we want to to demonstrate these one another's in order to have healthy relationships with those around us, which indicates we have a really healthy relationship with God. So he frames it this way. First, we lead with love. That's where he starts and that's in verse eight. He says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. So this word earnestly, what does that mean? It's, it, it's the same idea of being stretched. It, it means in some, some translations, it says deeply, your translation may say love deeply. That's what it means, it means be, to be stretched. Pastor David said it a few weeks ago that sometimes we gotta get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's what it means to be stretched, right? Like we're being stretched to do something that it's not like something we've always done. Could we do that? Could we be stretched? And then this other idea, since love covers a multitude of sins, what's the idea there? Well, two big ideas and they're not hard to, they're similar and not hard to kind of um, come up with. And that is one, we're more willing to overlook the failures of others when we love them. When we love people, we're not its critical and we're not expecting everything to be perfect. And the other thing that happens when we love people, amazingly, they're more willing to overlook our wrongs where we fail because love covers all of that. When we love people, there is a, the, the criticalness drops and the acceptance rises. And so uh, he's framing it on one side and saying, we have to love each other. Hospitality is another way that we love, and, and, but we gotta lead with this love. The second part of that frame is we use our gifts we have to use the gifts that we have. Verse 10 says this, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. So this term gift, what is the gift? Well, primarily in this passage, the Apostle Peter is referencing uh, spiritual gifts because uh, and the, the verses that follow, tell you that if you go to verses 11 and follow and he's talking about some of the spiritual gifts. But interestingly, the word that he uses in the original language for gift um, can mean money as well. And so I believe that the, the meaning that he's trying to give is it's not just spiritual gifts, it's every gift that we have. So think about this, he's saying all the gifts that we have, they're not for us, they're for us to use For others, use it to serve one another. We don't have gifts, spiritual gifts or other gifts. So the money we have, the house we have, the car we have, the clothes we have, the job we have, the influence we have, they are given to us, but they're given to us as God's instruments to use for his purposes. So what has he given to us? that we are to use for others. It's not for us, it's for others that he has given us these gifts. And then, so that's the frame. The frame is we love and we use our gifts. And what's the picture? This word he says, we show hospitality. That's what we do. In verse nine says this, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Show hospitality. That term show, again, is the idea. It's what you would do with a picture. That's the metaphor that he's using. Show it like you do a picture. I got grandkids. I love showing pictures of my grandkids, right? Anybody want to talk to me, they ask my grandkids, first thing I'm doing is pulling out my phone. I want to show a picture. The apostle Peter is saying this, show hospitality. Be as eager to show hospitality. Put that picture in front of people and see what happens. Show this picture. So what does hospitality mean? A Couple of things, A couple of big ideas. One is to open our doors is the idea. The other is to, to love the stranger. Uh, this um, has uh, its roots back even in the story of Abraham where he would open his doors and let people in. So there, there, it, that's what it means, open our doors or, or accept the stranger, welcome the stranger. In Peter's day, there were two common meetings for this. One is um, most of the churches that were meeting in those days were meeting in homes. So people were opening up. Peter's saying, look, we need more places for churches to meet, so open your homes so churches can meet. And many of you, even today, open your homes for groups to meet in your home. And it's awesome, you're fulfilling what Jesus said, or what Peter has said for us to do, which really is an expansion of what Jesus told us to do. The other idea is that in those days, many Christians would be traveling and it was not safe for them to stay just anywhere because Christians were often persecuted. And so within the body of Christ, within, within the family of God, people would open up their homes for Christians who were traveling. Like we could do that in Orlando, I think, right? But in those days, it was a very important part of the missionary advancement. The gospel grew because people were going from city to city sharing the gospel and they got there and had no place to stay. And the Christians who were there would open their home. Several years ago, I was in Asheville, North Carolina at a church and I was meeting with the pastor in his office and he made reference to something. He said, you can go back in the prophet's quarters. I go, what? What's a prophet's quarters? I had never heard that term. Some of you may be from deep south and you've heard that before but some churches, especially in what's called the Bible Belt or the deep south, they take a room in their facility and they make it like a little hotel room with a couple of beds and a bathroom and and a TV and it's like a little hotel room at their church and they use it for pastors who are traveling. Whenever a pastor's coming through town they can stay at the church there. I don't want one of those but I'm just telling you that people do that, right? That, that it's this idea that when Christians were traveling around, there was a place for them to stay. And I think it still includes that, but I think it's more uh, applicable today. I think it's broader than that, than this, those two applications. What Peter is saying to us is be hospitable people, be open with what we have, our houses, our cars, our influence, our jobs, our offices, the space that we control the places where we can determine who can and who can't be there. Are we open with them? Are we welcoming there? Are we practicing? Are we showing hospitality? And then he uses this without grumbling. (laughs) Without grumbling. What does he mean? Don't complain about it. If you welcome somebody into your space and then all you do after they leave is, oh, what a hassle they are. Did you hear what they said? Did you see how much they ate? (laughs) Or maybe it's those who make themselves a victim, you know, after somebody leaves, oh, I worked so hard to make that happen. It was so much work. He's saying, don't grumble. Don't complain about them and don't complain about the work. Don't grumble. That, That negates all the hospitality. Be hospitable people. It means to hold space for others, to make room, It means to bring them inside the circle. We're not people of exclusion, we're people of inclusion and we should be approachable. You know what Peter is saying? We have permission to party. That's what the message is today. We do, we have permission. He's saying, be hospitable people, open up your houses, open up your cars, open up your office and let people in. That's what it means to be hospitable. Be that kind of people. That's what he wants us to be. And hospitality is using our gifts to engage with others. How are we using the gifts God has given us to engage with other people? Hospitality is one of the simplest and most exciting ways to engage in God's mission. Think of it, how simple is that? It's small ordinary things like a meal, a small ordinary meal that can have a larger impact than we ever imagined. When it's coupled with gospel intentionality, like how can I represent Jesus well by loving people? And we do that here. It's, you know, this is how we put flesh on the good news story. It's how, it's how the gospel story actually is alive for people. And we are part of God's hospitable people. And can I brag on you for a little bit? You display and demonstrate this so well in this space, because you are a welcoming people. I hear it all the time. I just heard it before I came into the service. I was stopped walking in by somebody who just came just a few weeks ago started coming to our church and they've been fully welcomed by the people of First Baptist Orlando. Thank you for being that hospitable kind of people. But it doesn't end there, it begins there. That's a good, this is a good practice ground. But it really happens when we open up the spaces that we control and where we live, work and play. And we say to others, hey, come in. As I was preparing for this talking to several different uh, people, I began to email some folks and say, hey, who do you know in our church that's like a great hospitable person or family? Who do you know that just opens up their home all the time? And two or three of the people that I contacted all mentioned one lady and her family and said, man, if I think of hospitality, that's just like the poster child for hospitality. And I emailed her and I began to ask her, so tell me about hospitality and why it is that you open your home because people are talking about the way you do it. And her email back was very enlightening. She said, you know, the biggest obstacle for me to be someone who opened my home was that my house never felt like, I never felt like my house was clean enough to invite somebody over. It always needed more cleaning. He said, "But." She said, but you know what? When I finally got to the point where I said, you know what? I'm just gonna have them over anyway. It's actually the lack of a perfect house that made people feel welcome. It looked like their house. (laughs) And right? And they felt welcome in that. And she said this, when people gather around food, they begin to open up and they begin to act like family, not like outsiders. And then it opens the doors to great conversation. There's something about gathering around a table, gathering around uh, or a cup of coffee or in a casual setting. Again, there's something about letting somebody in your car and giving them a ride somewhere because they need a ride. There's something about the proximity of that space that you're opening yourself up and you're saying to them, "Hey." Uh, I, I wanna know you and I wanna be your friend and I wanna remind you just because it's ordinary doesn't mean it's insignificant. Ordinary does not mean insignificant. It can be ordinary, as ordinary as a meal, as ordinary as a ride, as ordinary as a conversation in your office, it can be ordinary and still be very, very significant. Can I remind us that people learn about Jesus Primarily, not by watching Christian movies or watching Christian television. People learn about Jesus by watching actual Christians. You and me. That's how people learn about Jesus, by watching us. And we have to do this with no agenda. No, they're not a project and we're not... We're not out to make them do something or I'm even cautious until they ask me about church and and ask me about my faith or anything. I'm just wanna love them. Jesus' command to us was love people. And what we have to do to do that is just open our hearts and open our houses and open our cars and open wherever we are. No agenda, just love. There's no target on their back. It's just love. It's ordinary people living the ordinary Jesus life in front of ordinary people. Right. That's what it means to be hospitable. But when we open our doors, it implies that we're opening our lives as well. Paul talks about this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse eight. It says this, so we cared for you because we loved you so much We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. That would be a great slogan for us, our lives as well. We're not just sharing our homes and our cars and our offices and our spaces. We're not just sharing time with people. We're sharing our lives as well. That's what we share with people. People begin to see our lives and they get a glimpse of what it means to love and follow Jesus by just watching us. Do you know, the writer of the passage that we're studying today in 1 Peter is Simon Peter. He was with Jesus, walking with him, living with him for the three years of Jesus' earthly ministry. He experienced numerous times where he saw Jesus having interactions with people who were nothing like Jesus. And yet he saw them. He saw Jesus spending time with people and actually getting criticized for it. Jesus spent time with his disciples. He spent the most time with them. And Jesus spent time with the crowds. But he also spent time eating and talking with those who had different views than him. Are you hearing me? People who had different views than Jesus. He shared meals with. In fact, it's what he was most known for and most criticized for. Matthew, just two passages I want to show you. Matthew nine ten, says this, as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, look at what it says. Behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. First, I want to address this term, many tax collectors and sinners. And I want to explain if you're not a follower of Jesus yet and you read that, I can understand it can be a little off-putting and that's not what, when this is written in the original language, that's not what it's intending to do. What it's intending to do is just to, to identify people who are not followers of Jesus. And so if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, we're so glad that you're either here today or watching today, we're thrilled that you're doing that and you've come to the right place. This is a safe place to ask questions and to learn more about Jesus. Um, But we don't want, I don't want you to be offended by this because it's it's not meant to be offensive. It's just a category of people who were not yet followers of Jesus. And so however you describe yourself, if you're still exploring or have questions or you're just curious, it's perfectly okay. Put those titles right here, but don't miss the point, especially for the rest of us, that Jesus was gathered with people who were nothing like him and they liked him, and he liked them too. In Luke chapter 15, it says this. Now, the tax collectors and sinners, it starts with them here, were all drawing near to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Somehow I think in my, in my imagination, When they said that, they meant it as an insult and Jesus took it as a compliment. He said, yes, I do. Just look around the table. Who's eating with me? It was people who were not like him, people who were far from him. Jesus dined without sinners, excuse me, with outsiders, but he didn't act like an outsider. And he didn't act like they were outsiders. He dined with them though. He was quick to say, I want to eat with them. I've had enough meals with my disciples. I get three meals a day with them. Bring me some regular people in here. Can imagine him saying that. And these Pharisees criticize him for that. And he takes it as a compliment. You bet you I do. I wonder what it would mean we as the people of God became that kind of hospitable people, we began to open ourselves up in this era of a cancel culture where somebody disagrees with us, we don't want to have anything to do with them. We don't. If, if the body of Christ began to say, hey, you don't have to be like me for me to love you. I can even like you if you're not liked me. You don't have to be like me. You can hold a different view on the vaccine or the masks or the COVID or you can be Republican or Democrat. You can be black or white. You can be Presbyterian or Catholic or Methodist or Baptist. None of that matters. We can share a meal together because it's there that people get to see Jesus in us. We need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We need to get comfortable with differing worldviews being discussed and closely held at our living room, in our dining room, in our office, in our car. What space do you have? Where could you be that you could open it up to someone else and say, hey, I wanna demonstrate what it's like to be hospital, I wanna show you a picture of hospitality and I wanna share my life as well. I don't know about you, but this doesn't come naturally to me and I'm, I'm perfectly okay eating every meal by myself. It would be a happy with me, right? But that's not what the apostles talking to us about. He's saying, hey, be with people. And Betsy, my wife, on the other hand, is very social. She loves to meet new people and can meet and talk to anybody. Several years ago, I was at a, an event. It was actually held here on our campus. It was um, a religious freedom event and it was people from all kinds of faiths, all different faith perspectives, some no faith perspective. And after the meeting, after the gathering there, I was very uncomfortable there. I wasn't quite sure I belonged in the room and after it was over, a gentleman came up to me and introduced himself to me. His name is David Williamson. I had heard David's name before um, because David is the head of the Free Thought Community of Central Florida, the leader of that. The Free Thought Community is the uh, atheist organization uh, here in Central Florida. And David had come to that meeting and afterwards he came up and introduced himself And because David's a very outgoing kind of guy, he said, man, I'd love to get together with you and just have a conversation, learn more about you and hear more about your beliefs and and let you hear a little bit more about our free thought community here in Central Florida. And I was kind enough at the time, but I I didn't think that's a place I could go. And, um, but I thought about it and I actually had a friend named Jim who I knew knew David. And so I called Jim and I said, Hey Jim, I told him that David had asked for this other meeting. And I said, Do you, would you mind being a part of that conversation with us? Cause I'm afraid I'm gonna say something that'll offend David or, or maybe he's gonna attack me. And I don't know how to respond or what to say. Would you be in the conversation with us? And, and Jim reassured me first of all and said, it's really nothing to worry about, but yeah, I'll be happy to be there. So I reached out to David and we scheduled a, a, a meeting, a gathering. It was just three of us. We sat up in an office up in Faith Hall. And it didn't take me two minutes to realize David is a nice guy. I began to lean in and he began to tell me about his life and himself and Jocelyn, his wife, and how he got to where he is. And he asked me questions about myself. And, and little by little, I just got to know him and it didn't seem hard to actually have a friendly conversation with somebody that I really don't share common views or theology at all but there was a lot to talk about and we left friendly and said hey let's let's get together sometime he said hey we'll do it that was four years ago over the last four years we've shared a lot of meals together across from the table from each other Sometimes with Jocelyn, and his wife, sometimes just the two of us. Talking about life, talking about just anything that we want to talk about. He's asked me questions about faith. He's asked me, I've asked him questions about his beliefs. It's safe. We can talk. Be a friend. And it's hard because I don't, I'm not comfortable in that setting. A few weeks ago, he invited me to play golf. Okay, play golf. And I went and played, it was great, we had a fun time. When it was over, I was home, Betsy said, so how did it go? I said, it was great. She said, so why did he invite you to play golf? I said, you know, I'm really not sure why he invited me, but it may be because uh, his dad played with us. His dad is on vacation. He had told me his dad was coming, he wanted to play, but I found out when I got there that his dad's a Christian. And when it came time to pick who was riding with who on the golf, he said, hey, Danny, why don't you ride with my dad? So I jumped to the conclusion, ah, I guess he wants me to ride with his dad because his dad's a Christian. And he wants, maybe we'll have something to talk about. Betsy's sitting there. She goes, boy, that's sad. I said, what do you mean? She said, I guess that means you may be the kindest Christian he knows and you're not very nice. <laughs> I was in a staff meeting a day later and my staff echoed the sentiment. Yes, she's right. You're not very nice. A <laughs> Little while into that relationship, somebody at the Orlando Sentinel heard the scandalous information, the story, that a Baptist preacher and an athe- leader in the atheist community had become friends. They wanted to write a story on it, wanted us to write an article about it. And we did. In preparation for that, David sent an email kind of explaining the relationship. And I want you to hear what he said. David wrote this, our theology and our philosophy are fundamentally different, but many other things are very much alike. We both even enjoyed the same kind of taco at Tacochina yesterday. Same kind of taco, a taco china. It's what it means. And if, I'm telling you, if I can do it, all of us can. I'm telling you, it's just opening up. So, what do you have access to? It's your home, it's your car office your job can you imagine in this world of so much hate so much division if just us said we're going to love people who are nothing like us we're gonna actually we're gonna start with us because that's good practice ground. we're gonna love each other well and we're gonna open our homes for each other we're gonna do life together But it doesn't end with us. It starts with us. We're going to open our homes and we're going to be comfortable being uncomfortable and having people who are nothing like us sit at our table and talk to us. And David is my friend with no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Excuse me. He's just a friend. I don't have to agree with him. I can still be his friend and can we find ways to open up? can imagine the change that we could bring if we would. What's the space that you can open up today? Who's the person that you need to say, hey, I'm gonna issue an invite or I'm going to open my car. Somebody said after the last service, you know, one way to be hospitable is is get a pickup truck because everybody always needs a pickup truck. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe there's a way. Who knows what God would move you to do? Maybe there's people in your neighborhood. Maybe you want to be the the ultimate car guy that always taking people for a ride. They need a car to go take their, you know, they're taking their car to their shop and they need a ride from there to work. I take you. You got people at the office doing the same thing? I can take you. Send a memo out. I can take you anywhere after work, before work. I'm the ride guy or lady because I'm going to open myself up and I'm going to make friends. It's not just my house. It's my life as well. Let you see who I am. And by doing so, you're going to see a little bit of Jesus as you meet me. Let's pray together. God, would you give us those opportunities before each and every one of us open up, open up the places that we're supposed to step into. Give us the opportunity. Prompt our hearts. As soon as we're supposed to step into space and say to somebody, hey, I, I can help you with that or let's do this together or let's grab lunch. And God, make us a open and vulnerable people. Make us willing to share our lives as well. The difficulties and the, the triumphs how we navigate real life that hits all of us, may we live that in front of our friends. I pray, God, help us to be a hospitable people, part of your hospitable people. May it begin right here in this room, right here with us, and may expand to this entire community and around the world because we caught the vision to say we're going to like people who are nothing like us, and they're going to like us back as we demonstrate love them. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, I know. I know today there are people who are either here or watching who you've never taken that first step towards Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus. And I want to encourage you to let you know that we'd love to talk to you about that today what it means to follow Jesus, to turn from your own way and follow him. We would love to give you more information and pray with you. And really, any question that you have uh, about your faith journey, about your spiritual journey, any question that you have, we're here to help you with it, help you navigate it. We know it can be complicated and scary sometimes, and we wanna help you with that. And so the easiest way for us to to connect with you, you can see people live if you're here on John Young campus in connections in the lobbies. But if you, um, the easiest way is just to text connect to 40777 and uh, one of us will be in touch with you. And I also want to mention uh, the Discover experience for those of you who are on campus today or uh, if you want to watch it tonight or participate, not watch it, participate tonight at 7 um, You at 1130 in just a few minutes. You just, if you're looking at me right now, you go out this door. There's some friendly people there that will meet you and this will last 45 minutes to an hour or so and it'll be a great opportunity for you to learn kind of where you are on your spiritual journey. You'll have the opportunity to kind of, self-evaluate where am I and what's a what's a practical next step for me to take I'm gonna invite you to stand please would you stand and we thank you so much for being here it's been a great great weekend together thank you for being part of God's wonderful people here at First Baptist Orlando we'll see you back next weekend have a great great week and let's let's throw a party somewhere this week okay God bless you see you next weekend Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.